0: And good afternoon, everyone. On this Wednesday, right now, it is 106. You're listening to the John DePietro Show on AM 1380 and 99.9 FM. You can always listen online at the website, depetro.com. This portion of the program, folks, J.K.L. Engineering. Give them a call today with J.K.L. Remember, they're licensed in Rhode Island and Massachusetts. It's J.K.L. Engineering. Well, whether it is the heating season or the cooling season, you can depend on J.K.L. Engineering. Call them today at 401-351-7600. 401-351-7600 or online at J.K.L. ENG.com, JKL Engineering. JKL.eng.com. JKL Engineering. Remember, they're licensed in Rhode Island and Massachusetts for 54 years. Their reputation is second to none. Call JKL. System replacement, oil to gas, or for a heat pump. Estimates are free. Financing is available, both residential and commercial. With JKL Engineering, you can reduce your oil bill by as much as 90%. They have the highest rebates on the market. And they also do new installation and replacement of high-efficiency gas boilers. So right now at one oh seven on this Wednesday, and you're listening to the John DiPietro Show on AM 1380 or 99.9 FM, whether you're in Bellingham or Franklin or you're in Lincoln or Smithfield, call J.K.L. Engineering. Again, they're licensed in Rhode Island and Massachusetts. How about Central Air for your home? Central Air is a game changer. Call J.K.L. 401-351-7600. It's John DePetro. And, folks, again, I mentioned uh, the website. Don't forget Petro.com, which also is sponsored by our friend Relax Souls Reflexology and Lisa Wood. Call or text her, 401 401- Relax Souls, S-O-L-E-S, you can link right through. Reflexology differs from massage because it works from the inside out and it uses acupressure points. So reflexology, Lisa works your hands and your feet and your ears and your face. Reflexology boosts the immune function, healing from inside out makes a huge difference contact lisa lisa wood you can call or text her to make an appointment 401 6621 but go to the website dipetro.com relax souls s-o-l-e-s you know the feet connect to all different parts of the body the same thing with the hands lisa wood it's amazing the incredible work that she does reflexology and lisa wood now again just a programming reminder tomorrow Is the next COVID briefing. Um, Boy, the attorney general had a scathing reaction. Many people were upset at the way the vaccines were being given out by these hospital boards. Well, Attorney Attorney General Peter Narona got involved and he said that everyone had very good reason to feel upset about it. It should never have been done that way. So we'll find out if there's going to be any repercussions with that. So tomorrow is a busy news day, folks. Tomorrow will be Governor McKee's COVID briefing. I will be at that. Plus, then we'll carry it live at Veterans Auditorium. And then tomorrow afternoon, President Biden is going to have his first, first White House press briefing with President Biden. Speaking of Governor McKee, the former mayor of Cumberland announced today, former lieutenant governor, lieutenant governor finalists have been announced, five finalists. Each candidate will receive an interview with Governor McKee. Number one, Elizabeth barrett Perrick. She's a big fundraiser, worked for the Democratic Party. Number two, Representative Grace Diaz from Providence. Number three, James Deosa, former mayor of Central Falls. Number four. Senator Lou De of Middletown. And number five, the favorite Providence City Council person, Sabina Matos, who is the only person that has made a public appearance with Governor McKee. Now, I have heard there were a number of people pushing for, pushing for Grace Diaz. I don't think it's going to be enough. Now, last hour, we spoke with Representative Mike Chippendale who talked to us about that Green New Deal climate bill that was voted on and approved in the House yesterday, even though the argument was really being won by the opponents of it. All right, that was last hour. Let's speak to now, he is the House Minority Leader, friend of the program. You know, we spoke to him on Monday. Folks, here it is. Joining us right now is House Minority Leader, and it's Blake Filippi. Good afternoon, Minority Leader Filippi.
1: Hey, happy to be
0: here, John. Good morning, everybody. Uh, Very disappointed. You guys put up a great fight. Uh, Very, very strong arguments against. Uh, I was very disappointed the way that the Rhode Island's version of the Green New Deal, this this climate bill, was voted on and approved and wanted to give you a chance to touch on it.
1: Yeah, I mean, now it's on to Governor McKee. You know, there was a a, a large chunk of our Democratic colleagues who did not want to vote for that bill. Um, they've made it clear to me before they actually voted for it that they didn't want to. They were pressured. Um, one of them even on the floor last night, Representative Williams, spoke about how she's not going to have her arm twisted to vote for anything. So ah, I'm disappointed, but it's up to Governor McKee at this point to stop this bill. He, he has a support of the business community. And this, this really is a shark right in the heart at our small businesses in this state if um, if this bill goes into law. And, you know, our our colleagues across the aisle have said, oh, it's not for 30 years. That's just wrong. The first one of these plans is due in 2025, and it starts dramatically changing the way our state works uh, on that date. So uh, we got to get Governor McKee to be this. Everyone should be giving him a call.
0: Yeah, I mean, that's not, that's not going to be an easy hill to to get up and um and and you know speaker last night i'll I'll say this i i was very impressed that in the the element of that it's supposed to be which is you know debate and going back and forth i i thought yourself and rep chippendale and others i i thought you made the better argument that this should not pass
1: yeah unfortunately the better argument doesn't win a lot of times here it's the numbers that win and um You know, you had nine Republicans vote against it, and you actually—we were joined by 13 of our Democratic colleagues. More Democrats voted against this than Republicans. Wow. Um, You know, and I think there's some really good people up there who saw just how offensive this is to a representative form of government and, you know, morally couldn't vote for it.
0: And as far as uh, Minority Leader Flippy, i if you wouldn't mind, as I call it, like the elevator pitch, um, just explain. There were business people that are very concerned about this, and I don't see how this makes Rhode Island business-friendly competitive.
1: Oh, it doesn't. It doesn't. They, they claim that, oh, because we're putting in all these new mandates that you know we have to have 100% renewable power, you have to have electric cars, you have to fix your house, that... All these new industries are going to pop up. And, and we're going to be on the cutting edge. You know, they gave us that same line with deep water wind 10 years ago that we build deep water wind. We're going to be the, the hub of the offshore wind energy in the United States. And that's just not happening. There's other wind farms being built. They're not using Rhode Island. Um, so it's all just kind of pie in the sky stuff. And it's, uh, they want to fundamentally change not just the way our government works, but the way our economy works. And I, I have a business owner in my district. I don't know if I told you this last time. She has a factory manufacturer. She pays three quarters of a million dollars more a year in electricity costs than she would if she moved to Texas. You know, so she may not leave because she loves the state. She was born here. But no business is going to move here. Right. You'd be sued by, by your shareholders if you move the business here.
0: You know, not only that, Rep. Filippi, but I, I went to the, uh, you know, they had a little protest rally uh outside beforehand and, you know, a lot of happy faces and rep, former rep Aaron Ruggenberg and a lot of the progressives. I mean, the real, these are socialist members of the socialist providence were there. And, and, and then they're in conjunction with, uh, as total coincidence, as you can imagine, Council 94, they're talking about all these new green energy jobs coming in. By the way, they want them all unionized. So anyone that would think of coming in, you're also now going to have to be in bed with all these unions.
1: Yeah, I mean, we've, because of our bad policies, scared away manufacturing. A bunch of union jobs have gone, right? They're gone because they don't really have manufacturing here anymore. And so now I'm sure the unions think, okay, we have to force this entire state to change to renewables, and that changeover will provide our members a lot of jobs. So, I mean, they're not doing it for the benefit of, you know, your average Rhode Islander. They're doing it because they want to use the force of government to create these jobs for their members. And the, the socialists, they love this. this. This, frankly, has a socialist element to it. It's delegating a, a massive amount of the legislators' authority to a bunch of unelected bureaucrats in, like, the new version of the Rhode Island Politburo. Now, I, that's what's going on here, John. And
0: you know, my minority little flipping... You know, another part of this whole thing is, you know, that's ultimately not to get too far off the topic, but socialists, they they actually they're not they really don't like democracy. They would rather have this set up where it's just a panel who's unaccountable and they just make decisions that they think, you know, are in the best interest of everyone. And that's basically they're very comfortable sliding into that. But this is bad news for businesses.
1: Yeah, they don't want individuals to have freedom and choice. They'd rather have a group of elitists telling everyone what to do. So, I mean, that's really it. The the antithesis to socialism is individual liberty and choice and free markets. And that's what they're trying to get rid of. Yeah.
0: Now, the next move of, uh, and again, folks, we're speaking with House Minority Leader. Blake Filippi, the next move for Governor McKee to veto this—that's—that's um, that's a you know. I listen. We could be hopeful, but as someone that he's going to be running for election next year, he'd like to be the governor. If he did veto this, normally that you know cools relationships with the relations with the speaker and the Senate President. Um, I, I you know even though his business wasn't the his family was in the oil business. I, I don't know if that's a hill he's willing to to climb.
1: Well, then then he, that would be politically foolish because by vetoing this, excuse me, by allowing it to pass, he's going to make progressives that will never vote for him. They're not they're not going to vote for him in a primary that has Magaziner, Borbea, and Alorza. They're not going to magically jump over to Dan McKee. And by allowing this to become law, he's going to alienate the group of people that supports it, and that is the smallness. You know, so, I mean, it's it's a politically it puts him in a politically tough position, but I think the the choice is clear just from a political perspective. Not, gives you the, it's the right thing for Rhode Island to veto this. Right, like, we're going to be so cynical that everything's about politics. Yeah, it's the right thing for his political career to, to veto this. Him allowing this to become law and not taking leadership issue on it will be a death sentence in my opinion.
0: And and Rep. Filippi. Um- where do things stand with some of these uh, voting bills that we're hearing about that will slowly make their way into both the House and the Senate?
1: Well, I mean, we'll see. We have, we have our voting bills that I believe are calendared, I think, next this week or next week. i got to look. I can so focus on this kind of bill. Okay. Um, the, the House would have to put them, take them up in committee and then pass them to the floor. Well, I'm sure they're coming. Hmm. Um, actually, no, the voting, bill, the voting bills are tonight. Oh, my the God. The house, the house, uh, and the house committee—not on the floor. Right. They're gonna have a hearing tonight. They're gonna be held for further study. Um, which ones come out? I don't know. Yeah. But I mean, I can tell you this: last night's debate in this bill shows us all that our progressive friends yeah. are not fighting around. They're not fighting around the edges. They're going for the whole enchilada right yeah. now. Yeah.
0: Yeah. That's very, very, very disappointing. Yesterday, just so people understand. If Bernie Sanders and AOC, Alexander, if they were in Rhode Island, they would have been jumping up and down and cheering and saying this is incredible, that this is passing. Uh that crowd, uh rep, you know, I was outside covering them. The, a lot of their supporters, they they really want to move into more socialist programs, seventy-five percent taxes. They really want to outlaw cars and buses, downtown Providence, anywhere in a city. Uh these are all people that have like these very, very foreign, uh, you know, ideas of they, they'd they like the entire state to be like Sweden and Rhode Island just is not built that way.
1: Yeah, I mean, this bill we passed last night would make Bernie and AOC loss.
0: Very, Yeah, that's right. Very much so.
1: This is, this, this is so the Green New Deal that uh, yep. in, that is just a resolution in, in Congress, right? It's a statement of principle. Doesn't have the force of law. Right. This takes the Green New Deal and turns it into a law. Uh, so this is this is the Green New Deal, but actually binding on the people of the state of Rhode Island. Yeah. So it's worse. It's worse than that resolution that AOC put in. You're the right.
0: Congress. And it's a it's a real killer for businesses. Ah, oh, the burden this oh. is going to put. And oh. as you said, the price of gas is going to be you know fourteen dollars a gallon if you could even. You know, get it. I mean, it's just horrendous. But, well, anyway, listen, uh, Minority Leader Flippy, I, listen, we still, you led a very strong, uh, valent effort. And I am uh, personally very disappointed with that one Republican that did not vote for this. And I hope that Republican looks around at who they're standing with, because they're standing with Aaron Ruggenberg and the most progressive socialist reps up there and standing with Bernie Sanders and AOC, and business people and Rhode Islanders are on one side of the street, and uh, that rep from District 15 and all these progressive socialists, they're on the other side of the street. And what they are talking about is in no way good for the state, and it's certainly not business friendly. It's not. It's Uh
1: not. It's really going to hurt the state. And uh, it's all on Governor McKee at this point. He's got to do the right thing.
0: All right. Uh, Minority Leader flippy. good to talk to you. Keep up the fight. We'll talk to you again.
1: Thank you, Justin.
0: All right, folks. There it is. He is uh, one of the good guys up there, is Representative Blake Flippi. Now, right now, it's one twenty-two. Good afternoon. It's John DiPietro. Here I am at his one on AM 1380 on 99.9 FM. I am um, struck by this story in the Boston Globe. I touched on it a little bit earlier. I came upon it last night. Duxbury football game versus Hingham is canceled after use of anti-Semitic terms by Duxbury uh, players. Now, this falls on the coaches. This falls on the coaches. As much as you could maybe blame it, this falls on the coaches of the team. And the Globe is really... I I, I still can't believe that this was put into motion. Friday's high school football game between Duxbury, which is a great town, right along the shore, and Hingham has been canceled. So they're playing spring football. Decision was made... um, the, the JV game and the freshman game were also canceled. This is about, there was a game where Duxbury football players, now again, this falls on the coaches. The language was used, it's a March 12th game, season opener against Plymouth. So they notified, Plymouth notified Duxbury authorities afterwards about the terms. And this was all about an audible. So when you're in a game, do you remember if you have it mic'd up, And you could hear some good examples were a very famous one was Peyton Manning would call Omaha, Omaha. And then you hear that. He's calling an audible. He's letting the team know. The play that we just called in the huddle, we're going to call an audible. So he'd say, Omaha, Omaha. So that, you know, and they're calling an audible. All quarterbacks do it. It means something. So now with Duxbury, I just want to read some of the quotes. In light of what we've learned it, you know, it's it tone deaf to play. The, the coach, Duxbury's football coach, was not on the sideline for last Friday night's game and is not expected to return. So, but, oh, oh, this story, okay. This story doesn't have, here's, 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 what, we, here's what we know. So, March 12th, they're playing Plymouth. And here's the terms they're using to call an audible. Rabbi, 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 or dreidel, dreidel, dreidel at the line of scrimmage, dreidel. And then here's the one, ready? So they're at the line. Auschwitz, Auschwitz, Auschwitz. he's calling an audible. It was the football team's opener. Season being pushed back. Situation came to light after he did not coach on March 19th. So something happened at the school. They issued a statement referring to highly sensitive language. Can you imagine you're at a game? The, football, the quarterback is calling an audible. Auschwitz. Auschwitz. Tuesday, the Anti-Defamation League in New England told the Globe what the words were. Called for an investigation. How do you? Those are the words you use? Duxbury Dragons are one of the state's most successful programs. They've won five Super Bowl titles. Who's the Duxbury football coach? Dave Merriman. Uh, Dave Marion. Guided Duxbury. 159 and 43 record. 159 wins, 43 losses, even though he apparently tanks the Thanksgiving Day game just to rest up his people for, you know, the playoffs. So, um... What are play calls? All right, there's a lot to keep track of. An easy way for coaches and players is it's the norm that corresponds specific move. Every program has a different system for calling checks and audibles, different types of play calls. Some change their terminology every year. Some use dummy signals to try to fool opponents. But few programs, if any, allow players to determine which signals they'll use without coaches being aware. So at an old Rochester uh, second-year coach often uses players' names to represent numbers. Tom Brady was number 12, Julian Edelman 11, which represents a play call. So if, if, the, if you want to call uh, play number 12, you'd say Brady, Tom Brady, Tom Brady. If you want to call play 11, you'd call Edelman, Edelman, which means we're going to go with play number 11. Get it? So then now, granted, all the players on the team have to know what they're talking about. We let the kids use the name sometimes. If we're running dive, they may call it scuba. Scuba. I don't care what they call it. As long as they're going to remember it, it's appropriate. The Dragon's Audible system was initially meant to be used only in practice. The word rabbi was indicate right side. So he gets up to the line and he starts saying rabbi, rabbi, which means either they're going to run right or the defense is coming in on the right side. Rabbi, Rabbi. Zane Fife, who's in his sixth year, uses words like animals or mascots or certain phrases. It's all about relating something. That's why you'd hear. Omaha, Omaha, or whatever it is. How long have the play call system placed? The play call system plays quite some time. So apparently they were using it in practice. Some, somehow it makes it into a game. Um, <laughs> okay, who, who? would set up a high school football team and say when we're going to run it right i want you to yell rabbi rabbi that means run right now oh wait a minute they're catching on that rabbi means right so or instead you could use another jewish call dreidel 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 gets up to the line of scrimmage 13 13 then it somehow extends auschwitz auschwitz Can you imagine being at the game and the other team's quarterback or the coaches are yelling it in, yelling to the quarterback, Rabbi, Rabbi, Auschwitz, Auschwitz, 14, 14, Auschwitz, Auschwitz. (laughs) All right, so the team's in the huddle, and then they come up to the line, and he notices the defense has shifted, so they want to move. They're going to run right. He steps up. Auschwitz, Auschwitz. Now, if he yells Treblinka, that means they're going to run left. Treblinka, what? You're using death camps as audible. Wow. Friday night's game between Duxbury and Hingham has been canceled. (laughs) Dan Shaughnessy wrote a good column saying that that coach needs to be fired. He should be dismissed. It's time for Duxbury High. I Shaughnessy is a great coach to dismiss the football coach. High school kids have been immature and foolish for years, but the notion that a play-calling system that uses anti-Semitic terminology has been tolerated is unacceptable. Listening to in-game audibles is part of the fun of watching pro football on television. Peyton Manny, famous following Omaha, Omaha, changing the play at the line of scrimmage. Jared Goff, he was last see, Elvis, Elvis. Elvis. That means they're changing the play. Tupac. Tupac. The Steelers tried dilly-dilly a couple years ago. Dilly-dilly. Dilly-dilly. Now close your eyes. You're, this is uh, Shaughnessy now in the Globe. You're playing Duxbury. You hear the team leader yell out, Auschwitz! Auschwitz! This is what happened. Duxbury played Plymouth. Plymouth North on March 12th athletic director reached out to the superintendent he was not present for the next game last friday's 37 0 route of silver lake he issued an apology taking responsibility inappropriate language shaughnessy writes not good enough sorry coach you're the leader you apologized only when players from the other side complained and was brought to the attention of your bosses this is more than embarrassing it disqualifies you from staying in the job Their audible system initially was meant only in practice. The word rabbi was used to indicate right side. Get it an R word for right. Rabbi, rabbi. Then other Jewish terms were substituted, including dreidel, dreidel, Auschwitz, Auschwitz. Concentration camp in Poland. More than one million Jews were murdered in World War II. Again, this is Dan Shaughnessy in the Boston Globe. Coach I want to extend my uh, sincere apology, insensitive. He's been the head football coach since 2005, 159-43 lifetime, won five Super Bowls and six appearances. Some of the games weren't even real losses. More than once, he's tanked the traditional Thanksgiving Day game to rest the players for the postseason. In 2016, Duxbury was 11-0, and they tanked the game to Marshfield. They then lost 53 to nothing, then won the state championship nine days later at Gillette Stadium, beating Shrewsbury 40 to 7. It's the kind of success that keeps a guy on the job for a lot of years. No more. This is not cancel culture. This is not about being woke, it's about being right and wrong. Mitzi knew about the offensive audible system, didn't stop it until the opponents complained. This means you don't get to teach and coach the town students anymore. So that is the situation with the Duxbury uh, coach. But very, very good. Boy, what a controversy. And, um, and I'll say this, the globe is um, is all over it. Folks, you hear me now earlier. Good afternoon. It's John DiPietro on AM 1380 and 99.9 FM. You can always listen online uh, at the website, which is dipietro.com. Is of also, there's another funny story. You know, listen, I read the Providence Journal. But earlier, if you missed it, I had on Dan McGowan um, of the Boston Globe. I, I think the Boston Globe's coverage of, of the state of Rhode Island is, is terrific. They have great reporters and they break a lot of stories. They also, the way they cover Massachusetts, I think is strong. Beth Title, who I think is really funny. She has a great piece. I'm not ready for prime time appearance anxiety is mounting as we emerge from our bubbles this is in today's boston globe we've spent the past year yearning to see each other but now that the countdown to hard pants has begun we're afraid to be seen one person said i'm not ready for prime time recently started going for walks during her conference calls but has not achieved desired results i'm on day two of whitening my teeth I don't see a massive difference soon. I'm going to ask my dentist about whitening. I'm afraid I'm going to be judged, said another person. My fear is seeing co-workers ever taking stock of everyone. Uh, one person spent her free time reading historical novels instead of riding her exercise bike, a choice that was good for her soul but bad for her waist. Call it self-care, whatever. I need to give myself some grace. But with the vaccine rollout accelerating, 42% of adults reported an undesired Weight gain, average gain of 29 pounds. Many people feel the race is on at the high voltage wellness in Roslindale. A non surgical facelift treatment starting 600 a pop has a waistline, and the people calling to book an appointment has a weight line, wait list, excuse me. Huge number of people calling for it. It's like, I have to get this done. I'm going on vacation almost um, because people suddenly feel they're going to start seeing their coworkers again. People hungry for a quick fix. <laughs> Unprecedented number of calls from people who have been staring at their fallen faces on Zoom. Now frantic for lower facial and lip fillers. They want to come in right away. In Dorchester, personal training clients used to work out once a week. have gone twice weekly. One new client wanted to come in five times a week. She hasn't worked out in literally a year, only walked the dog. I was like, that's how you blow out your back. Let's take it slow and steady. I think it is funny of people that um, have been inside and suddenly now are like, oh, my God, I got to get in shape. I'm not ready for my close up. And also, um, folks, again, if you missed it. Now, let's just say, hey, how about Governor Raimondo approval rating? Fifty four percent. Excuse me, 40 percent. Governor Gina Raimondo right now, it's one thirty five. Rhode Island Governor Gina Raimondo, last April, approval rating, 74%. I think a big part of that was when she went after the people from New York. May, 72%. Late May, 66%. Late June, this is Raimondo approval rating from last year, 63%. Late July, 71% approval rating. August, 60%. September, 62%. December, January, 54%. February, February, 40% approval rating. Folks, good afternoon. Here I am. It is Juan. It is John DiPietro on AM 1380 and 99.9 FM. Now, you can always listen online at the website, which is dipietro.com. Don't forget. Competition Shooting Supplies. Stop in and see John Francis. He's got firearms and ammunition. Competition, 435 Benefit Street in Pawtucket. Where do you shop for firearms, ammunition, accessories? Boom. Go to Second Amendment headquarters. Competition Shooting Supplies. 435 Benefit Street in Pawtucket. But you can call them at 727-1716. Also, look for them on Facebook. And... Right now, it's one thirty-seven on this Wednesday. Do you have, are you in possession of some firearms that you would be open to selling? Well, there's a good market for them right now. Contact John Francis. You can either sell them to him or sell them on consignment. But I just received an email the other day from someone that said, you know what, Juan? I have five handguns that, they're in great shape, but I just, I don't use them. I'm not going to use them. And I understand there's a demand for them. So he contacted Competition Shooting Supplies. 435 Benefit Street, Tucket. You take exit 2A, last exit of Rhode Island. You're going to go past the Attleboro train station, and then you come up to the intersection of Newport Avenue and Benefit Street. Competition Shooting Supplies. 727 1716. 727 1716 for competition shooting supplies. Well, folks, good afternoon. Here I am. It is Juan. It is John DiPietro on AM 1380 and also 99.9 FM. You can always listen online at the website, which is dipietro.com. I wanted to, um, uh, let's see. Uh, Boom, boom, boom. I want to play a little bit more. Oh, um, I want to learn, I want to play a little bit sound, folks. A, a big element that is going on is still the situation, the crisis at the border. It is, uh, without question, it continues to be a, a problem At the border with the illegals. This is a um, White House facing mounting pressure. This was the uh, ABC piece. That's from uh, good morning, America.
2: Good morning. We've got some new numbers in for you. Some sixteen thousand migrant children now in U.S. custody. That is approaching a record. That's why we're seeing this severe overcrowding in those facilities. The administration hoping to alleviate that crowding by opening some new centers or opening a new one here to house five hundred children in Texas. The Pentagon is now looking at the possibility of housing children on two military bases here. You know this this is front burner issue right now in Washington. It's on the president's agenda today. He's going to be meeting with immigration advisors. And Robin, now we've got two congressional delegations heading to this area on Friday. You're going to see both Republicans and Democrats touring facilities here.
1: Hey, Cecilia, many are talking about your report yesterday where you met those two young boys who were traveling alone. Do you have an update for us?
2: Robin, we were able to track down the grandfather of one of those boys. You'll remember the little boy who had the pink hat. His grandfather's number was written on there. Nine years old, Justin, he walked all the way from Honduras alone without a family with a 10-year-old boy there with him, too, who was alone. That grandfather telling us he's still not heard from immigration authorities. He did speak to Justin's mom. She is happy and relieved he made it safely across the border. Robin, they tell me that they're hoping to enroll him in school when he is released.
3: Mm, Hopefully that will be the case. Cecilia, thank you so much.
0: You know, there is... um There's just no shortage. I mean, they're going to continue to come. And as we've talked about, one of the desired uh, places that they want to come is, in fact, a sanctuary state. Like, you guessed it. Um, I also want to play, there's a very extensive piece on um, the shooting the boulder shooting. Let me hear this. This is a uh, Mac Gutman from uh, ABC.
3: Overnight investigators continued to gather evidence here. We're told it'll take them five days to process this scene, and we're learning those, those grisly, horrific new details about the shooter from a police affidavit that he bought his AR style gun just a week before the shooting and that he stood over some of his victims and kept firing. According to the Boulder Police Department's arrest affidavit, the alleged shooter methodically marched through the store and parking lot where witnesses say he shot an elderly man and then stood over him and shot him multiple additional times. His ten victims were gunned down both inside and outside the King Supermarket. It looks like we have an active shooter. Alisa, seen here being led away in handcuffs, was arrested following a shootout with police inside the store, and this morning we are learning more about the victims as Alisa fired off shots, Officer Eric Talley raced towards him. He was shot in the head and died at the scene. Tally's anguished mother reached by phone.
2: My son gave his life to save those people at the Kings Avers. He gave it all. And the hate still continues. Oh, God.
3: Talley's police cruiser parked outside the police station and draped in flowers, becoming a makeshift memorial. 25-year-old Ricky Olds was a manager at the supermarket Her Aunt Lori watched the massacre unfold in real time on that live stream.
0: We're watching it on my phone as the police are are just getting there.
3: And, you know, we're horrified. 20-year-old Denny Stong, the youngest victim, also worked at the store. Friends say 59-year-old Suzanne Fountain loved the theater. The oldest victim, 65-year-old Jody Waters, leaves behind two daughters and a grandchild.
4: You could just feel like the love pouring out of her and coming into you and you you just felt
3: the love Denver Nuggets coach Malone playing an emotional tribute to the 10 victims before the game in Orlando
1: police officer Eric Talley who uh father of seven kids we, we keep all of them in our, in our thoughts and prayers
3: It's been incredible to watch this memorial grow yesterday from a bare chain link fence to some flowers plugged in it to a memorial that goes down for well over 100 yards. And it gives you a sense of the hurt in this community, but also the sense that people are coming together.
0: Folks, again, that was um, ABC's Matt Gutman. Well, good afternoon. Right now it's 143. On this Wednesday, you're listening to The John DePetro Show on AM 1380 and 99.9 FM. You can always listen online at the website, Depetro.com. Now, don't forget, this time of year... Maybe you'd like to you have some uh, jobs you need done. I encourage you, go to visit the website, petro.com Folks, you can also, if you want to get a hold of me, if you'd like to advertise on the show, if you'd like to support the show, go to the very top of the page at petro.com And you can click on Contact John. If you have a question about the uh, vaccine or if you have a question that you want me to ask of a question for me regarding the situation with the vaccine, I will be at the COVID briefing tomorrow. Please visit the website, petro.com. And then if you scroll down a little bit, you'll see some of our sponsors, especially, you know, I love the fact one of our sponsors is Jay Freitas Construction. Uh, it's Jamie. He does deck staining and also handyman services. Now, right now on this Wednesday, I'll bet a handyman certainly comes in handy. You can link right through to get a hold of him, but he could also do some painting, 401-837-4545. Do you need a handyman? 837-4545. And also, uh, deck staining, interior painting, uh, handyman services, whether it's for your gutters or whatever it may be. Sometimes you need a handyman. He's also on Facebook, and you can find his website, but there's a direct link from dipetro.com and it's uh, jamie's construction whether it be handyman service or deck staining or um or as i said any general light uh light painting it's uh j freitas construction 837-4545 you can link right through at the website which is Depetro.com now also folks speaking of fixing things don't forget about ryan's appliance repair if your appliance is dying just call ryan Do you have an appliance? Now, right now, it's 145. It's Wednesday. Good afternoon. Maybe you're listening on 99.9 FM or maybe on AM 1380. If you have an appliance that's uh, not working properly, as we say, your appliance is dying, just call Ryan. Ryan's Appliance Repair, 401-710-7096. 401-710. Ten seventy ninety six Ryan's Appliance Repair. Repairs on all makes and models of appliances, whether it's a washer or a dryer or a stove or an oven or a microwave or a refrigerator or garbage disposal. Ryan's Appliance Repair. 401-710-7096. All work is guaranteed for 90 days, parts and labor, and senior citizens discounts are available. If your appliance is dying, just call Ryan. Ryan's Appliance Repair. So tomorrow is the next COVID briefing. And um, things, as much as the Attorney General uh, has certainly has spoken out that things could have been handled much, much better, much better with the way the vaccine was being given out. Attorney General Peter Narona said that no rules were broken, no laws were broken, I should say. But at the same time, Um, certainly felt that the Rhode Island Department of Health should have given more instructions. Now, folks, right now at 147, listen to this news. No COVID deaths to report in Rhode Island, and hospitalizations continue to decline. You know why? Because the vaccine is, is working. The vaccine is working. It has been very difficult to try to get an appointment despite the complete incompetence From the Department of Health, you will be able to receive a vaccine. There are more being made available. Now, today is Wednesday. It is March 24th. I think over the next two weeks, this week, next week, the following week, by early April, by Easter, more people should have the vaccine. There's going to be more appointments available. You can go on to the website. All you do is go to Google and type in Rhode Island vaccine. Now, there's a couple of things I want to just touch on. Your city or town, you should first try to get an appointment with them. If you're in your 70s and you don't have one, you should be getting one from your town. Aside from that, when you log on, To the state website. You're going to have several options. I encourage you to try. Try CVS. And Walgreens. And then they also now have. Stop and shop. I strongly encourage you. To try. Some of the. um, uh, um, CVS. They just have a better website. And Walgreens. And stop and shop have better websites. So now right now. Uh, They did make some appointments available yesterday. I'm going to, while I'm live right now, 148, I'll just check and see. Um, I'm checking right now with, well, that's in Spanish. Uh, Middletown, well, that's in Spanish. Well, it's in English and Spanish. I don't see any appointments available right now in Middletown. Dunkin' Donuts Center for March 30th. So that's next Tuesday. No appointments available. Dunkin' Donuts, April 1st. Next Thursday, April Fool's Day, no appointments available. Dunkin' Donuts Center, April 2nd, no appointments available. Um, The 3rd, no appointments available. All right. So you get the general idea that um, the state, it's a little bit difficult. However, now you go under pharmacies. Now, let me just double check. Now, CVS, they fill up pretty quick. But... I think you should... Let me just check CVS. Right now it's 149 on this Wednesday. So then you go to Rhode Island. Where are we? There we are. And fully booked, fully booked, fully booked. All right. So the CVS appointments, it's still 60 plus. Um, they are all still fully booked. Let me see if... um. I wanna check uh people have been saying Walgreens you get a much much better chance with uh, Walgreens. Now they also have a a very good website, unlike the unlike the state website. So let me um let's see. Um, let me just check if uh Maybe I could help someone. Uh, yeah. All right. Well, no appointments for that one. Let me try um, to um, again, folks. I let me try this one. Um, all right, appointments unavailable. Well, it depends. It depends on where you are. But from what I understand, the, those you, you're going to have a better shot if if you try the, the and then you also you know I didn't check they also have Walmart and then they also have stop and shop so I I, I do encourage you now the point is as much as uh, today it seems like it's a little tough when things open up i I just encourage you to. You know, you just have to keep trying. It's not easy, but they they are going to get more vaccines in here. And despite the very poor rollout that was done, they are going to reach a point where there's going to be more vaccine that's going to overcome the incompetent nature of which how this was handled. And it was it was and i'd like to find out i i mean i think someone should be held accountable for this i mean no, they're not going to remain accountable but someone should be held accountable uh, for this because it it shouldn't work that way and, and and importantly they they should have given clearer guidelines to the hospitals that basically thought it would be okay to give the vaccine to board members of the hospital, which was completely unnecessary. So, um, you know what else I want to do? This is a horrifying story. The parents of a Bowling Green student. Did you hear about that? I mean, the fact that this is still going on is terrible with with this hazing that goes on. So let me play a little bit. This was on uh, Good Morning America this morning with this... um, I, I can't believe this type of thing still still takes place, and I mean, it's just awful. I, I just, it shouldn't...
4: Uh, they remember their boy with the contagious smile and the selfless spirit. They are determined that his death means something. Oh
5: he was an amazing kid just an absolute loving kid Ugh.
4: this morning the parents of 20 year old fraternity pledged stone Fultz, who died in an alleged hazing incident Ugh. at bowling green state university God. earlier this month speaking out exclusively to gma i can't
5: describe the pain i mean there's a piece of my heart that's gone It's just unimaginable. I can't even explain to you.
4: Stone, a sophomore business major who chose to pledge a fraternity in February after deciding not to his freshman year. What did you know about Greek life?
5: We had many conversations as to, you know, make sure you're doing it for the right reasons. Make sure you're checking these, these fraternities
4: out. The initiation process was beyond anything Stone's parents, Sherry and Corey, expected. Two weeks before the fatal incident, Sherry grew worried when Stone was supposed to make the two-hour drive home but said he couldn't leave until 2 a.m. because the fraternity wouldn't let him. Then on March 4th, the night of the tragedy, Stone telling his mother about a scheduled drinking ritual he felt forced to participate in.
5: I said, well, that sounds really stupid. Why do you have to do it? And he said, it's just part of the ritual. I have to, but I don't want to.
4: On that fateful night, Sherry says she kept in touch with her son.
5: I texted him, joking. I'm like, how's it going? He's like, well, it hasn't started yet. It doesn't start till 9 p.m. I said, well, then I'll call you at 10, check up on you. And I never made that call. And that was the last conversation I had with him. Did you rescue
4: Yes. After the drinking began, Stone Foltz became unresponsive. His peers calling
2: 911. Okay, <laughs> are you starting to compress again? Yep. Stone's
4: parents say they got a phone call around midnight. He was found not breathing. They had to revive him, and he is on a ventilator, oh. keeping him alive. Oh,
3: my God.
4: So we spent two hours driving to his school, holding my wife's hand, praying in my mind that Stone was going to be okay. No parent should have to sit in their car wondering if their son's going to be okay. The roommate of a Pi Kappa Alpha pledge telling a local station that pledges were told to drink a handle of alcohol and finish it before they could leave. Yeah. The handle contains around 40 shots. Oh. After four days and four nights in the hospital, Stone Fultz was declared brain dead.
5: So to me, he was forced into something that the outcome is he was, he was murdered
4: stone's parents say the national fraternity organization needs to answer for this so you hold the national organization of pi kappa alpha ultimately accountable for what happened
5: absolutely 100 percent
4: corey and sherry fultz now demanding zero tolerance for hazing at universities nationwide every day that goes by there's a chance there could be another stone faults out there
5: there needs to be harsher punishments i mean you get a slap on the hand for for basically doing these things and, and killing someone if it's a felony you think don't you think they're going to think twice before doing something like
4: this the fault is attorney calling for charges to be filed justice looks uh very much to me like um the criminal process those involved in this ritual um charged with crimes The National Pi Kappa Alpha Organization has suspended the Bowling Green chapter, issuing a statement saying the fraternity has a zero-tolerance policy toward illegal activity, substance abuse, bullying, and hazing of any kind. What would you like to say to the people who were with Stone on that night?
5: I forgive them. But I won't forget. I want them to step up. I want them to take ownership. I want them to explain what went on. I think that's going to help put a stop
4: to this. Local police and Bowling Green are still investigating the incident. I asked Sherry and Corey Fultz what they hoped their son's legacy would be. They talked about what a good brother and friend.
0: Uh, Oh, my God, folks. Good afternoon. It's Sean Petro. So depressing. 40 shots. 40 shots. That's how much he had to do to I mean, ugh. It's 157. You're listening to the John DePietro Show. It's AM 1380, 99.9 FM. Folks, you can always listen online at the website toPetro.com. Don't forget, visit the website, and also you can link right through to Surplus Provisions, Pontiac Avenue in Cranston, this unique store. It's like nowhere else. People come in from Connecticut, Mass, to shop there. They're a mile and a half from Garden City where you can get body armor and ammo and pepper spray and food storage. Stop in and see them. It's surplus provisions, Pontiac Avenue in Cranston. And as you're out and you're maybe buying propane, if you're a restaurant, if you're a business and you have some of those outdoor propane uh, heat lamps and you need to buy quite a bit of propane and you're going to be get, I, I encourage you to get it from our friend, Phil Johnson at Johnson Propane 904. Manton Avenue in Providence. He's right next to the stop and shop, across from where Doris Vending used to be. In front of the stop and shop next to the Wendy's, it's Phil Johnson, Johnson Propane. He's open seven days a week. He's got the cheapest propane around. Stop it and see Phil. Call him at 621-8129. He's been there since 1971. Johnson Propane. Stop it and see him. 904 Manton Avenue in Providence. Well, folks, listen, it's John DePietro. I will be doing Facebook Live this afternoon and tonight. I want you to enjoy this Wednesday. Don't forget, tomorrow is the COVID briefing. If you want to get a hold of me, if you have a question, if you want to support the program, visit the website. DePietro.com. So stay tuned. It'll be the two o'clock news and then the John Dion program. If you missed any part of this show, log on at the website, DePietro.com, and then you just click on radio show and you can pull up. We have them all there in uh, library fashion. So it'll be the two o'clock news and the John Dion program. It's John DePietro. Enjoy this Wednesday. Stay tuned for the tour. WNRI,
1: OneSocket. WNRI.